Today on the Matt Walsh Show, a restaurant owner in Los Angeles has her business shut down even as a Hollywood studio is setting up catering tents literally right next door. Meanwhile, actors on SNL and talking heads on CNN lecture lockdown protesters for being selfish, quote, babies. But we'll talk about who the real selfish babies are here. And five headlines, including the Chicago Teachers Union, speaking of selfish babies, claiming that it's racist and sexist to open schools again. And a doctor in Oregon has his license revoked for criticizing masks, plus your daily cancellation and much more coming up today on The Matt Wall Show. Before we get going today, you know, especially as we get into the holidays, we're all doing uh, probably uh, some shopping and you're out, you're out spending a lot of money at a lot of different companies. And the fact is, a lot of those companies don't support you or your values and that's a problem we run into as conservatives in the culture. And that's why when we find a company that really supports us and shares the same values, it's important for us to support them because it's really a win-win situation. And that's uh, where Charity Mobile comes in. That's the pro-life phone company I'm always telling you guys about. There's a reason for it because 5% of your monthly plan price goes to the pro-life, pro-family charity of your choice. And on top of the great charity that they're doing, it's also a wonderful service. New activations and eligible accounts get a free cell phone with free activation and free shipping. There's no contract. There's no termination fees. There's no risk with the 30-day guarantee, which means you know they're not trying to suck you into something you can't get out of it. Um, and you won't want to get out of it because it's just a great service. Live customer service based right in the USA if you ever have a problem and need to talk to somebody. And also, you can block you know picture messages, cellular data, text messages. You can control your child's phone. You can protect your kid that way, which is also really important. Free usage alerts to keep track of how much data you're using. And uh, all kinds of other stuff. If there's a free app to monitor your usage, pay your bill, much more, uh, which, which just makes everything a lot easier as well. So you can help build a culture of life in America while supporting a pro-life company at the same time. Like I said, we're talking the ultimate win-win situation. What you got to do is call Charity Mobile at 1-877-474-3662 or chat with them online at charitymobile.com. So a couple of days ago, a restaurant owner in Los Angeles named Angela Marsden recorded a video with her honest and raw, emotional, understandably emotional reaction to her city shutdown order. She, like so many restaurant owners in the area and elsewhere in the country, had the rug pulled out from under them when, uh, you know, she spent lots of time and money setting up an outdoor dining area, only to be told that outdoor dining would be banned. There's, of course, no coherent reason to ban outdoor dining. Well, there is no good and coherent reason. The actual reason is that politicians want to flex their muscles, grab more power, tighten their control over the population. That's plenty coherent. I mean, it makes sense, but it isn't very good. At least it's not morally, ethically, or constitutionally good. In any case, Angela Marsden's video has gone viral for good reason. And if you haven't heard or seen it, we'll play a little bit of it here. Uh, Here it is. I'm losing everything. Everything I own is being taken away from me. And they set up a movie company right next to my outdoor patio, which is right over here. And people wonder why I'm protesting and why I have had enough. (laughs) They have not given us money and they have shut us down. We cannot survive, my staff cannot survive. Look at this. Tell me that this is dangerous, but right next to me as a slap in my face, that's safe. This is safe, 50 feet away. This is dangerous. Mayor Garcetti and Gavin Newsom is responsible for every single person that doesn't have unemployment, 
that does not have a job and all the businesses that are going under. And we need your help. We need somebody to do something about this. What you're, what you're hearing there, by the way, that is uh, righteous indignation. That is real righteous indignation. Okay, that's, that's, that's what righteous indignation sounds like. It doesn't sound like, you know, a college student claiming that they're being persecuted because they have to pay back their loans. Now, this is someone who's losing everything while Hollywood studios are setting up their tents. Now, if you're wondering, a report in The Independent says that the setup was for caterers for the film crew of the NBC show Good Girls. And this is really neither here nor there, I suppose. But Wikipedia tells me that the series, quote, follows three suburban Michigan mothers, two of whom are sisters, who are having a hard time trying to make ends meet. They're tired of having everything taken away from them, so they decide to pull off an unlikely heist by robbing a supermarket, only to discover that they're in for more than they bargained. I just wanted to read that to you because the fact that exceptions are being made for this vapid, ridiculous television show only highlights the arbitrary cruelty of all this. But obviously, if those tents were for the crew of a good show, what few exist, it still wouldn't be any less outrageous. Either way, Hollywood productions are now considered essential. Essential to whom is the question? They may indeed be essential to the people working on them, but in that sense, all jobs are essential. And that's been my point all along. All jobs are essential because they all have at least one person who depends on them for survival. But are these productions essential in any other sense? Are they essential in a deeper sense than, say, a restaurant or a bar is essential? No, in fact, I'd say that your local restaurant, where the community comes to gather together and share a meal, is far more important to that community than good girls on NBC. Good girls on NBC could disappear from the face of the earth, and nobody except the people working on it would even notice or care. I didn't even know the show existed until right now. Even the fans of the show would immediately replace it with some other show not missing a beat or stopping to mourn. But when a favorite local business goes under, as many of them are right now, you feel that loss if you're in the community. It's a sad day. Even 20 years later, you may be driving by the place where the business used to be, and you'll turn to the person in the car with you, and you'll say, I remember I remember there used to be a bar there called so-and-so, and man, I used to love that place, et cetera, et cetera. 20 years from now, nobody's going to be talking about good girls on NBC or remembering it fondly. This all simply highlights the injustice that we've been witnessing. And it's one of the great injustices ever perpetrated by the American government on its citizens. That that is not hyperbole. The government is arbitrarily wiping out thousands of businesses all at once while allowing the more powerful companies and industries to keep running. And even to, more than that, increase their profits. And all the while, the people having their lives destroyed have to endure the lectures and sneering from the people whose lives have only improved, if anything, during the lockdowns. For example, Pete Davidson, a man who is about as witty and charismatic as a dead tortoise, but who still pulls a paycheck as a professional comedian somehow, was on SNL this weekend to mock the lockdown protesters as nothing but a bunch of babies. Listen. I take it that you found these protests frustrating. Yeah, man, they're making us look like babies. You know, you know, it's bad when even people in Boston are like, ah, drink at home, you queers. <laughs> and do you think that people should stay at home until the pandemic gets better? Yeah, everyone wants to go have fun, but there's plenty of stuff you could do at home. Like use your official Pete Davidson vibrator. Yeah, great, great jokes there. Um, that's professional, that's professional comedy. By the way, you know why people don't want to eat and drink outside? Because uh, it's, it's a high of 40 degrees today in New York. That's why, re- that's why restaurants are, are going to lose their business if they have to send their people outside. People aren't going to sit and eat and drink at 40 degree temperatures. 
But anyway, he says baby. Yeah, baby. Says, says the uh, 27-year-old man who still looks, acts, and sounds like a seventh grader in after-school detention. A man who, more importantly, has a job, is making money, has not been financially devastated by the lockdowns. It's funny how the people who support the lockdowns and sneer at those who protest and resist the lockdowns are almost always also people who still have jobs. You notice this in the media, too, all the time. Here's a segment that aired on CNN a couple days ago. Listen to this CNN talking head speaking from his studio at his job as he explains why those who are asked to give up their jobs shouldn't complain that much. Listen. What's happening in Los Angeles, I just want to make clear, it's a huge sacrifice he's asking for, but it's not everything. Retail stores are still open. There's a lot of offices still open. Movie, television production, which drives the economy out there, it's still happening. He's just asking people to make sensible decisions. And when you look around the world, you see it works. You see what's happened in these European countries where they've instituted measures like this for short periods of time, and it breaks the rise. It just does. Israel's done it like three times. You know, they keep having to do it, but the country is willing to do it by and large. And when they do it, it it just stops that incredibly fast rise in cases and hospitalizations. It it works. I mean, it works so much they've done it three times. That's how much it works. It works so much they just keep doing it. Yes, it's uh, it, it, well, it's a big sacrifice, he says. But but uh, but come on, you know we can do it. And besides, Walmart's still open. That should be solace to you if you lost your job. It's not the end of the world. What's the problem? It's not everything, he says. You're not asked, being asked to give up everything. Of course, he's being asked to give up nothing. So the guy who's giving up nothing wants you to know that however, however much you're giving up is not really that much in the grand scheme of things. This is why it pains me so much that the people who push for lockdowns also get to pretend that they're the compassionate and selfless ones. The truth is, whether lockdowns, shutdowns, and masking are the right or wrong approach, and I think they're wrong, obviously, but right or wrong, if you're pushing for them, you are almost certainly pushing for them because you're scared and you want to feel safe. You know, you want other people to do something, to submit to something, to give up something, to give up everything, potentially, for your sake, to protect you. Never is this more clear than when four-year-olds are required to wear masks to walk through a store or get on an airplane. That isn't to protect them. They're not at any significant risk from COVID. They also aren't at any significant risk to spread COVID. Yet we want them muzzled, we the adults, so that we feel safer around them. And that guy on CNN or Pete Davidson, they want the bars to stay shut and businesses to close down so that they can be safe. They are asking other people to make a sacrifice for them. Call that whatever you want to call it, but don't call it compassion. Don't call it courage. Don't call it selflessness. It's exactly the opposite. It is cowardice and fear. And that's what we should call it. Now let's get to our five headlines. By the way, um, not to brag, but uh, on, a, on, a more, uh, on, a, on a lighter note, uh, I did finish my Christmas shopping already. Uh, pre- pretty, pretty incredible. I've got, I've got a big extended family plus four kids. And I managed to get it all done three weeks before Christmas. And when I say I, I mean my wife. Uh, my wife got it all done, I think. Or she will. But my, I got her her gift. And that, that's the, my only job around the holidays. And my only point here is that uh, th- this is all I'm saying. Because the holidays can be stressful. But what I would recommend if you're a man and you're stressed around the holidays... Get married. 
So if you're right now and you're three weeks from Christmas and you're a single guy, you're stressed about the holidays, just run out and get married real quick. And that'll take care of it. It is, it is really stress-free to be a man during the holidays. Um, I, I, like, I can't recommend it enough. I love it. And then the, the great thing is, here's what makes it fun, is that um, when everyone's opening their gifts on Christmas, I get to find out what I gave them. You know, so it's always a nice surprise. I also find out what I bought for myself. And it just it makes the whole experience great. And uh, it's, it's, really, it's really wonderful. Cannot recommend marriage enough for, for many reasons. That's just one of them. It's not the only reason, but that's one of them. All right. What I don't recommend, though, is public schools. And uh, this is just one of the reasons. The, te- the Chicago Teachers Union deleted this tweet after backlash. Uh, maybe you could tell why there was backlash. It says, the push to reopen schools is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. No explanation provided for that claim. There never is, is there? I mean, we're at a point now where they just, they don't even try to connect the dots. Whatever I don't like is just racist, sexist. It's all of them. It's not even, you know, it used to be, I feel like they would at least pick, when I say they, those on the left, they would at least pick one of those and they would try at least tangentially to connect. They would say, oh, this is racist because, and it would always be a weak reason, but now it's just, they just throw them all at you. Oh, it's racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic. Sure. Why is it that? But it just is. Just is. Admittedly, it does remind me of the arguments I used to make when schools opened up again after a snowstorm. This is back in the days before the internet. So kids today don't know about this, but you would, uh, you know, you gather around the, the radio. It snowed last night. You wake up, you see the snow. You gather around the radio in the mornings, early in the morning, like 6 a.m. You're waiting for the news break. Just waiting to see your, hear your school district. And then they say, you know, your school district, opening on time, absolutely crushing. But I used to shout, this is racism, racism and sexism. I won't stand for it. That argument didn't really work. Um, But then again, it was okay, you know, for me to hate school as any self-respecting student does. But for the teachers union to hate school and to have no interest in opening them ever again, it seems, that's a much bigger problem, though it's not surprising. And this is why the teachers union is a blight on the earth, a parasite, especially on the on education. And they should all be forcibly abolished, in my view. There is there there, there is no. Nobody benefits from the teachers union. Education doesn't benefit. From, the teachers might benefit some of them. Well, a lot, a lot of teachers hate them, too. But the education system is supposed to be forget about who benefits. The education system is supposed to exist for the kids that it educates, that it ostensibly is educating. The teachers union does nothing for the kids, doesn't even pretend to care about the kids. And that's why teachers union shouldn't exist, in my view. This is from the Daily Wire. It says the Oregon Medical Board has indefinitely revoked a doctor's license after finding that he and his staff refused to wear face coverings during the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and encouraged patients visiting his clinic to remove theirs, concluding he is a serious danger to public health. The panel voted on Thursday to issue an emergency suspension, determining that Dr. Stephen Latulipe, let's just call it Latulip, engaged in unprofessional conduct or dishonorable conduct. NBC News reports that the punishment comes weeks after the doctor spoke at a Stop the Steal rally outside the state capital in Salem on November 7th. Um, a video uploaded to the 
Multnomah County Republicans YouTube account shows the doctor speaking over a microphone, downplaying coronavirus as a common cold and condemning mitigation policies ordered by government officials. Uh, As NBC News reports, according to the emergency suspension, the doctor in July allegedly told a patient who asked for guidance on when to get tested for the coronavirus that asymptomatic people should not be tested and that wearing a mask does not prevent transmission. Latulip directed the patient not to self-isolate because being around other people would provide immunity from COVID-19, according to the state's state board's documents. And then, uh, then he had other sins as well, apparently. Personally, I don't see a lot wrong with what he said there. Um, and you know, it, it's interesting because they say, well, all the doctors agree that, you're, that you should wear a mask. Well, I guess it's easy to make all the doctors agree if the ones who don't agree aren't doctors anymore. So you say, all the doctors agree. And then you say, well, this doctor over here doesn't agree. Oh, him. Yeah, well, well he's that. We'll take his license. He's not a doctor anymore. He doesn't count. My, my main question, though, we talk about revoking licenses from doctors. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of, of, of that. I think we should be doing that. But not, to, not, not for this. How about revoking licenses from doctors who, I don't know, put healthy kids on hormone pills? You know, put a 10-year-old on a puberty blocker? Maybe that. Maybe revoke the license of a doctor who um, puts children on psychotropic drugs because they're having trouble paying attention in school. And as a side note, you know, you have to wonder how many more kids are being put on. This is my guess, my my bets, my prediction for the future is that we're going to we're going to find out that there was a mysterious rise in ADHD uh, during the coronavirus, maybe ADHD is a, is a side effect, a symptom of coronavirus, because I, I can, I would bet you right now, we're going to, we're going to get a report. There was a huge rise in ADHD, a lot more kids on the medicine. Why? Because somehow they're having trouble sitting in their computers and staring at a computer all day, uh, as a form of education. So maybe revoke the licenses from doctors who do that. That would be my, that would be my suggestion. Number three, uh, 60 Minutes, about 30 years behind the times, apparently ran a segment this weekend talking about some of the issues with Title IX. And uh, here it is. Listen to this. Minnesota insists that financial pressure isn't the only reason sports are being dropped. It also cites Title IX, the federal law that requires schools to match the gender makeup of their student bodies in their sports teams. So if 54% of students are women, 54% of athletes should be too. To get to that balance, schools often choose to cut men's sports rather than create new ones for women. Title IX is often the scapegoat when universities cut teams. Again, it's to protect the core business, which is football, but you can kind of use this gender justice shield to Um, kind of throw men's non-revenue sports under the bus. Football is often what gets universities in trouble with Title IX in the first place. Minnesota has 115 men on its football roster, which means it needs 115 female athletes just to balance that single sport. Yeah, like I said, about 30 years behind the times, but it's glad they're finally catching on. Um, Of course, this this is a total travesty. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. You have 150 men on a sport means you have to have 150 women. Why? 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 Who says who? Well, I know who says it, but why? What's the reason? I'll tell you the real reason why there aren't as many women playing sports. It's just because 
and not as many people interested in, in women. Not as many women want to play sports. A lot more men want to play sports. Also, uh, men are better at playing sports, most sports anyway. And so it's more fun to watch them. You know, why do more people watch men's basketball over women's basketball? Because men are better at it. And so it's just a lot more fun to watch. It's a lot more fun to watch basketball where people can touch the rim. That's the reality. Yeah, it, it, it might hurt your feelings. It might not. I don't care. It's just, it's just, it's just a simple reality. This idea that everything has to be equal. You know, I raise my kids. I mean, this is something, and every parent, you go through this with my, with my kids, um, especially the twins, and all kids do this. They're, they're constantly insisting that everything has to be equal. Oh, he, you, you gave, he has uh, 16 Cheez-Its in his bowl that you gave him, and I only have 13. I need three more Cheez-Its. Well, with that, I'm impressed because that's good math, and then I might reward you for doing the math. But uh, in principle, the message from parents is not everything's going to be equal all the time. You got to get over. It. You got to grow up. That's that's not the way life works. Sometimes someone gets a little more Jesus than you do. That's life. Move on. So that, that's the message that anyway, that competent parents or people who are at least are trying to be competent parents. That's the message we give our kids. Then they go out into society and they're told, oh, no, no everything has to be exactly the equal. You had 150 men playing a sport. You got to have 150 women. Equal, this idea of equality um, is one of the worst things that's happened to Western civilization. I'd put it that way. Equ- I'll tell you, equality exists really in two realms. Okay? Equality exists as a, as a sort of mathematical concept. You know, two plus two equals four. The same as. So we, we could talk about equality when we're talking about mathematical uh, when, when, when we're in the realm of, of math. And then we can also talk about equality when we're talking about the inherent dignity and worth of human beings. And that's, and that's what's meant in our founding documents, when, a found, when, a, when our founding fathers talked about equality. That's what they meant, that all people have the same inherent worth. But that's it. As far as equality among people, that's as far as it goes. You have the same inherent worth as anybody else. There's no one out there who's more of a person than you. That, that's what is meant by it. So a really good example of what happens when people don't have equality, you have unborn babies who are killed a million a year, 60 million babies just slaughtered and thrown into the, into, into the uh, dumpster out back, the medical waste dumpster, or sold for parts by Planned Parenthood. That's what happens when we're not recognizing the inherent worth of a human being. And we're saying that, oh, well, they're, they're not like as people as we are. We're, we're a little bit more person than them. So when people don't have that kind of equality, that's very bad and horrible things happen all throughout history. But once we've established that, that's it. That's as far as equality goes. Men and women have the same uh, inherent worth and dignity. Great. That's, that's it with equality. We could put equality on the shelf now. Once we've established that with men and women, we could put equality on the shelf. We've got that covered. There is no more equality. Men and women are not equal in any other sense except for that. And any attempt to make them equal in any sense except that really basic and, and really spiritual sense will, will, will lead to absurdities at best. Because the reality is, whether, you know, man, woman, whatever, you, you sitting there watching this, me sitting right here, you know, as, as for me, every single, per, every person in this building right now, they are 
either smarter than me or dumber than me. They're stronger. They're weaker. Like it, it's, we are not equal in any way. For better or worse, from where I'm sitting, it's just the way it goes. You got to get used to it. Or apparently you don't have to get used to it. That's the problem. You know, this is the, 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 this message that we give kids all the time. We've got society working against us. Because we're always telling kids, oh, you know, you're going to get out into the real world and you just got to deal with these things. But then the real world comes along and says, I don't know, they don't have to deal with it. We're, we're going to keep the delusion going. We want your kids to remain kids forever. Not in a good way, by the way, of like protecting their innocence. No, no, no. Because we're, we're going to make sure they see pornography at the age of eight. But uh, so in that sense, we're going to take their innocence away from them. But in, sense, in the sense of their emotional maturity... Well, you know, no, th- th- that we want them to be childlike forever. All right. Uh, where are we? Number four. Okay. Here are some guys on TikTok. Uh, they call themselves the good liars. I don't, I don't know who they are or what they are, but um, they went to a Trump event, literally begging people to wear masks. Speaking of having no emotional maturity, um, as in on one knee begging. Listen. You guys got masks? No? No. No. Why not? Because I don't need it. Why do you need it? I would. Yeah, you should wear one because there's a pan, there's a global pandemic going on. Yeah. Well, you got yours. I got mine on. Yeah, Good. I'm trying to be safe. Good. Okay. Thanks. But but you could infect somebody else and and they could get sick. Why don't you leave them alone? Will you please wear? Will you please wear one? Excuse me. Will you please wear a mask? No. Please. Nope. For the Sorry. sake of other people, please no. wear one. Please, no. I'm begging you, please. Yeah, on his knee begging. I think he needs to get on his knee to his doctor and beg for some testosterone supplements. Uh, I think that's more what, what this what this guy needs. But yeah, if, if you're really worried about a virus, you're super worried about it. What are you going to do? Apparently, you're going go to go uh, to a to a to a rally with thousands of people and record a TikTok video. Yeah, that's what you do if you're really worried about the virus, right? You use it as an opportunity to get uh, shares or whatever. On, is it? Do they have shares on TikTok? I don't know. What do they do? Um, all right. Five. Finally, the, the governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, had a message for Representative Matt Gates after seeing images of the congressman at an event in New Jersey without a mask on. Um, the, the governor was uh, was very upset about it. And this is what he had to say. That guy in the middle, the tall, handsome fellow in the gray suit, that is Representative Matt Putz. Oh, sorry, Matt Gates. Uh, and based on his past performances, it is obvious being a knucklehead is not beyond the pale for him. He was actually Sarah Palin's backup act for this event. Now, if you go to the next uh, kind of a scene, that's Matt again earlier this year, kind of a scene out of Dr. Strangelove. Uh, what a fool. Uh, he and they should be ashamed of themselves. He is not welcome. I hope you're watching, Matt. You are not welcome in New Jersey. And frankly, I don't ever want you back in this state. Not welcome in New Jersey. Banned from New Jersey. You know, that's like if you're, if you're walking on the sidewalk and a hobo comes out from under his tent under the highway overpass and says, you're not welcome in my tent. You hear me? You're banned from the tent. It's, it's, it's supposed to be a threat, but um, it doesn't really work that way. I would love to be banned from New Jersey. Every time I have to drive through New Jersey, now that I live in Tennessee, hopefully I'm, 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 I'm further away. That's one of the great things about farther away from New Jersey. It's one of the, one of the best things about Tennessee. Tennessee's got a lot going for it. One of the best things is it's is farther away from, from uh, New Jersey. But I used to have to drive through it all the time. It's just an absolute dump. I'm, I mean, it really is. Like, no offense if you live there, but it is a dump. 
and it smells the whole way through. My God, I would love it if I were if I were told you that, that that's one of the one of the, the great honors I think that could be bestowed upon a man is to be told you're not welcome in New Jersey. Other than that, uh, a really lovely state, though, uh, with a lot of great people. Before we get to the daily cancellation, you know, uh, a lot of people, everyone, everyone's busy. We're all busier than we should be. And uh, I know for me, especially having just moved, and if you've moved, you know, you know what that's like. It just takes a, it takes a long time to settle back into your routine. And uh, what I've found is that I'm, I'm usually a big reader, um, but I found that I don't have the same time to read that I used to, which is why I love thinker.org. You know, what thinker.org does is they summarize the key ideas from new and noteworthy nonfiction, giving you access to an entire library of great books in bite-sized form. Uh, and what this means is that, you know, there's, there's just... Even if you even get all the time in the world, you could have every day. You could be you could be a, a multimillionaire retired at the age of 35 living on a beach. You're still not going to have time to read and get all the insights from all these books. It's just there's not enough hours in the day. So even then, even if you're the millionaire on the beach, I would still say get thinker.org. Or if you're just a normal person, then uh, then even more. So I think we're the ones who need it most of all. Uh, hundreds of titles in a matter of minutes from old classics like Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People to recent bestsellers like Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. I know a lot of people um, have used Thinker.org for that. Thinker.org offers a large variety of titles across many categories. They've got current affairs, relationships, business, education, history. Um, maybe if there's a subject you're not very strong in and you have trouble consuming an entire book, then go there. Or if it's a subject you just love, then that's even more reason to check out those books. If you want to challenge your preconceptions, expand your horizons, become a better thinker, go to thinker.org. That's T-H-I-N-K-R.org to start a free trial and download the app today. Let them know you heard about them on the Matt Wall Show. That's thinker.org. Also, um, we've been telling you about Daily Wire membership. And if you, uh, if you are not a Daily Wire member yet, then you want to take advantage and become a Daily Wire member, especially because... You see, we got these brand new tumblers, new and improved. These things, I mean, I thought before it was the most beautiful thing my eyes had ever seen. Um, I mean, except for my kids and my wife. But uh, yeah, close second was the tumbler. But then they, they revamped it. And honestly, it might be number one. The tumbler might be number one now. Might be the greatest thing the world has ever known. I don't know. But you can get uh, a tumbler if you become a Daily Wire member, uh, along with a lot of other things as well, because as we get into the new year and even before that, we're adding a whole bunch of content. The Michael Knowles Show is now five days a week. Um, we're adding the entire PragerU catalog to dailywire.com by the end of the year. Right now, you already can find, uh, they got their five-minute videos up on the website. Candace Owens Show from PragerU is there, and uh, but pretty soon the entire catalog will be there. Speaking of Candace Owens, she's joining the Daily Wire, and she'll be here in Nashville with a live show pretty soon. So you want to become a Daily Wire member before that happens. So go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. We're loud, we're opinionated, and uh, we're having a good time. And a lot of people had a good time with those, uh, I mentioned on Friday, those sweatshirts. Insert woke slogan here, sweatshirts. Those are gone. Those went, those those were, were scooped up in like a day. I like to think because I'm the one who mentioned them. I'll give myself all the credit for that. But you know what has not been all scooped up yet? are the Daily Wire Christmas tree ornaments. Somehow, these things are still available. Um, it's not because nobody wants them. It might be sort of because of that. But it's but really, it's just there's, there are so many of them, we wanted to make sure that everyone has a chance to buy one of these adorable Christmas uh, ornaments 
all the Daily Wire guys were all adorable Christmas elves, as you know, you know, fulfilling a lifelong dream of my own. So please buy these things so I don't have to talk about them anymore. Text Christmas to 83400 to get your tree decorated. If you, if you want me to stop talking about them as much as I want to stop talking about them, then buy them. Damn it. 83400. Text Christmas now. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. Well, today we're canceling, aside from New Jersey, uh, one of the great villain groups in modern society, in my opinion, and that would be people who take pictures of strangers in public to shame them. This has become, I'm sure you've noticed, an epidemic. Every day I go on Twitter or Facebook and there's some post featuring, you know, a photograph of some unsuspecting stranger doing something actually or supposedly rude, captured and posted for public viewing by some sniveling tattletale. The epidemic has grown in severity over the past few months with the advent of the mask wars. Now, if you see someone out at the grocery store without a mask on, you can hide behind the Doritos end caps, snap a photo. I'm, I'm motioning like an old-fashioned photo that you would have, like an old-fashioned uh, uh, you know, camera. You can post it to Twitter with a, with a caption like, no mask at Kroger, unacceptable. Maybe tag the Kroger account, try to get the management of your local branch in trouble while you're at it. Why not? You're on a roll. You were supposed to just be running to the store for coffee filters and laundry detergent. Now you decided to throw a little public humiliation of your fellow man into the cart. Kind of an impulse buy, you might say. But really, nowhere is this behavior more common than at airports. If you've ever done anything, even slightly uncouth at an airport, you can bet that there was a snitch in the terminal or on the plane who had the incident saved to their camera roll and posted to Twitter at lightning speed. It's amazing that everyone carries these high-powered cameras around in their pockets, and still, nobody's captured a good image of a Yeti or a, a UFO. Yet everyone who ha- who ha- who's taken their shoes off on a plane at any point in the past seven years has been photographed in high definition. And I'm not defending people who take their shoes off in planes. I'm as disgusted by the sight of unwelcome feet as the next guy. But I'm even more disgusted by passive-aggressive dorks and voyeuristic weirdos who sit meekly and quietly next to someone while secretly documenting their every action and complaining about them to their gang of fellow dorks and weirdos on social media. Which brings us to the latest example. This is a guy named Michael Pollock. Uh, The tweet has since been deleted, but it racked up like 15,000 likes before it was taken down. Went viral. Um, It's a picture of a young woman sitting next to him on his flight. And the caption reads, Flew on Southwest today. Woman across the aisle coughing her head off, no mask, no seatbelt, and using her phone on takeoff. She is also barefoot and wearing pajamas, though he doesn't mention that in the caption. That part was mentioned, though, by many of the thousands of commenters who jumped in to join the shaming, commiserating with poor Michael, sharing their own stories of people who had similarly offended them on flights and elsewhere in life. There were, at first anyway, very few people asking the obvious question, which is, why were you sitting right next to a woman and taking her picture while her back was turned, you creep? Well, we know why. He thought it'd be an opportunity to grab some sweet likes and shares the food that sustains us all in modern society. And that, of course, is what is driving this epidemic of people taking pictures or filming strangers to shame them. If you're thinking about doing this when you're out in public, if you find yourself tempted, if you see someone doing something rude or annoying, and you begin thinking to yourself, I bet I could get 10,000 retweets out of this. Just imagine how awkward it would be if the subject of your clandestine photo shoot were to see the post that you put up about them while you're still sitting next to them. Imagine that they happen to stumble across your tweet or Facebook post or whatever it is, 
notice themselves and then turn to you and say, hey, man, did you, uh, did you take a picture of me and post it online? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Why did you do that? Well, because I'm an awkward, pitiful nerd, I guess. That's why. Here's my suggestion. If you see someone doing something in public that you don't like, there are two very good ways of dealing with it, as far as I can tell. All right? Two options. Option one, ignore it. Carry on with your life. If the behavior doesn't really affect you in any way, this may be an option worth exploring. Option two, confront the person directly. Speak to them human to human. Assert yourself like a grown-up. Use your words like I tell my kids. I have nothing but respect for people who do this, even if it's even if it's for a relatively petty reason. If you're petty and confrontational, I got no problem with you. I think it's great. I mean, I don't like it when I, you know, when people get onto airplanes dressed like they're 14-year-olds at a slumber party, pajamas, bare feet, the whole deal. I was flying next to a man a few months ago, had himself swaddled in a blanket, was sucking on a pacifier. That's how bad it's gotten, how infantile. I'm exaggerating only slightly. The point is, if you have the gumption to lean over to someone and say to their face, hey, uh, buddy, can you put your shoes on? No offense, but your feet are repulsive. Also, try getting fully dressed before leaving the house next time. You're embarrassing yourself. Okay, anyway, have a nice flight. If you've got the wherewithal to say that to somebody's face, I've got nothing but respect for you. I think this world could use a lot more direct and honest confrontation. Not that's being filmed for cameras, but just person to person. Hiding off in a corner, though, and secretly taking pictures is not direct. It's not honest. It's even more childish and emasculated than wearing pajamas in public. So, the public shamers and secret picture takers are canceled. This particular guy on the plane is canceled. I I have no problem with people being jerks to each other. Just to be clear, all I'm saying is do it in person, face-to-face, like a decent human being. And that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there.